welcome back to Bushwalker's Diary, episode 9, season 1. Today we have Omar Sharif with us on our podcast and I'm really excited to introduce you to Omar today and how he started hiking because he is an avid hiker and a traveler and we became friends in Dolomite in Italy when I was hiking with Omar as part of Sydney Bushwalking Club and uh, since I've been back in Sydney, uh, I have been keen to record uh, Omar's experience of hiking as well as traveling. Hey Omar, how are you going? Yeah, pretty good, pretty good, thank you. Uh, it's lovely to have you on the podcast and uh, our audience is waiting to listen a little bit about you and your hiking experience and mainly how did you get into hiking um it all started when i was traveling in the u.s i was i was exploring the national parks but i had absolutely no idea about um, hiking and what gears gear to get gear to carry and about multi-day hiking and i felt pretty disappointed because i wanted to spend more time but had no idea how to get about it. So when I when I moved to Australia, I, I joined uh, a hiking club, and from there on, I learned all about uh, what sort of gear I need to carry, um, how I can prepare myself on multi-day hikes, and so that's that's how it all started. Wow! I did a few overseas hikes before I went on the Dolomite, but um, one of the big learnings on the Dolomite hike hike was how I need, need to prepare myself for longer days and mm-hmm. longer distances because that was the uh, hike that I had done. Um, that that also boosted my confidence of being able to plan uh, or more overseas hikes that could span or more than a week. So that was definitely a big learning for me. And I that gave me the confidence all right, I can go do Mont Blanc or 12, which is a 12 days hike, I can go do other hikes in other places, which uh, like Patagonia, I was actually planning to do Patagonia this year, but um, because of the whole COVID-19 situation, that, that probably not happened. But yeah, that definitely was a big uh, learning uh, to be able to walk longer distances and how to prepare myself, uh, what to look for, what sort of gear I should be carrying um and of, of course it doesn't make sense to to carry a lot of clothes if you're hiking for uh over or 10 to 12 days uh, you got to know how to um you got to be able to carry like soap and uh detergent with you so that you'll be able to wash your clothes and then wear them again the next day so yeah that i guess in a way that was definitely a learning experience for me Wow. And uh, you mentioned uh, you started hiking in the U.S. And I also know you used to have hiked with you in Italy and you also live in Australia. So I'm sure you hike here. What other countries uh, would you say you have hiked so far? Um, so I've, I've, I've done a little bit of hiking in, in the U.S., not as much as I wanted to, but I hope to go back again. I did, uh, I did some hiking in Canada in Banff National Park. Uh, I hiked in Iceland, the, the popular hikes that uh, 
most of the most of the Australians would have hiked, which is the Logawagir Trail and the Thorsmok Discover Trail. Um, so I've hiked there. I did a bit of hiking in Germany uh, as well. Um, a bit of hiking in Indonesia, uh, and and a bit of hiking in Poland in the Krakow Mountains and. Uh, uh, also the highest summit in Poland, which is the Rissi Mountain. Um, Many places. <laughs> yeah, and then definitely New Zealand, which is one of my favorite places to hike up. I've done the Kepler, Rydberg, Milford, um, and of course the Ben Lomond, which is uh, one of the stunning hikes that you can do in Queenstown. Uh, there, there are some really good hikes to do in uh, in South Island. Um, I did a bit of hiking in uh, the Great Barrier Island, which is uh, the north of north of New Zealand. Mm -hmm. um, so it was it was definitely a good experience to join the hiking clubs in Victoria and uh, and uh, New South Wales. I, I was part of Melbourne Bushwalking Club, and I used to lead hikes. I slowly started off hiking with them. And then, uh, then I started leading a couple of hikes with them, and then I moved here to Sydney, and then I joined the uh, Sydney, Sydney Bushwalking Club, and it was through them that I did Dolomites, and I met you as well. Oh, wonderful! And if I think about uh, some of your favorite hikes, what was so nice about them? And if you can just explain some of your favorite hi hikes, why did you like? them so much and uh, what was so memorable about them oh there are way too many <laughs> <Right there. laughs> there's, there's several uh, beautiful hikes and the ones my food ones in australia are are definitely the uh, the summit to kosciuszko i've done that a few times i love i love doing that hike um i definitely love the royal coastal track i've done that over six times when I'm training for Spartan, that is my go-to track. And that helps me increase my stamina because I'm able to smash 28K a day. Um, I, um, uh, I love the coastal line and the beautiful stunning views and how the terrain changes on that track. Uh, it starts off from being in the bushes to open seas and then uh, white-colored rocks. It's, it's, so that, I guess that's one of the reasons why I love the Royal Coastal Track. And Victoria, I have, I have plenty of uh, favorite tracks to do. Some of my favorite in Victoria is uh, uh, Milson's, Milson's Prom. Uh, mm -hmm. That's It's a really beautiful uh, national park. Um, I love camping in Wilson's Proms, beautiful colors uh, and more amazing beaches. It's got a lighthouse at the top and a couple of cottages where you can rent some of the cottages and stay there for a day. Um, uh, for the top, uh, is another one of my favorite track in Victoria. Uh, I've done that a few times as well. I, I once uh, did a hike in July when it was snowing and there were a couple of uh, young people who decided to carry a Christmas tree to the top of uh, the drop. <laughs> well. uh, yeah, I mean, it wasn't like a massive Christmas tree, but they decided to uh, carry all these ornaments and decorations and they put it up in Federation Hut. So that's that's one of my other favorite tracks there. Uh, Phillip Island uh, is absolutely stunning. Uh, it's another beautiful coastal track in Victoria. Uh, beautiful rock formations, rock pools, 
Um, it also has a little shrimp ship wreckage um, on the track. So that's that's an interesting uh, uh, point to look out for. You definitely get to see penguin uh, penguin nests on the track. Uh, so you get to see penguins swimming in and uh, living with their chicks in the nests. So I guess that's one of the reasons why I enjoy that track. Yeah, there's so many of, uh, I've done a bit of hiking in Queensland as well. The Mount Tambourine Rainforest and Springbrook National Forest. Those are some of the key, some of my favorite uh, uh, places to go to for hiking. Uh, but really stunning, uh, majestic looking waterfalls in Queensland. So, so I enjoy going, I enjoy going there as well. So hopefully when the restrictions are lifted, I can go around and do a little bit of hiking in all these places. I agree because I was recently in Queensland uh, just before they closed the border, of course, and I got to do first time a little bit of hiking in the area. And there is so much to do, so many beautiful areas and yeah, as you said a lot of waterfalls so i would be happy to go back there hopefully yeah, one did day you, did you go to springbrook national forest i did we just did our day trip there like day hikes yeah. not too much day hikes but it was really wonderful i wish we had more time because we were chasing this other group we wanted to catch up with so we were always on the run otherwise i wish we had spent like a week in the area different national hmm. park but yeah, time is always a constraint. But yeah. I would love to go back there. And Tassie is also another place I would like to go back to Tasmania. Yeah, I've, I've done a, one of my favorite tracks in Tasmania is the Three Capes track. It's oh. a little on the expensive side, but it's, uh, it's you know, I was just uh, blown away how, how stunning the uh, track is. It's, uh, it's, it's a, one of the really beautiful tracks that I got a chance to do uh, yeah. in Tasmania. <laughs> remote like it feels a bit uh, unruly and natural beauty still there not many much civilization there at least i felt that when i did overland track all the peaks there was nothing you can see from top of the peaks no roads nothing so it was very very unique place <laughs> yeah I would, I would definitely love to go back again so i think that would be the first location i would go to probably um Probably not Queensland. I'll definitely go to Tasmania and then then probably find a trip to Queensland. <laughs> How about your Iceland hike? I'm really keen to hear a little bit about that. Uh, the the Logabigger Trail is uh, about four days, mm-hmm. um, and um, and the Torsmok uh, to Skogar that is about uh, two days. Uh, we were. We were definitely in the time constraint because I was with a friend who had never hiked before and I wanted to spend more time hiking in Iceland because the, the country is, is a hiker's paradise. It's, it's a dreamland for hikers. So many different locations that you can go hiking in. Um, so I wish I had more time, but the, the Logabagir Trail is, is, is one of the most popular. And I think it's also listed as one of the top most 100 trails to do in, in the world. It's a combination of geysers and um, and uh, uh, running wall, rushing rivers, um, and then this really beautiful formations of uh, rock formations and hills. Uh, and you have 
you have uh, steam coming out of the ground. So that that track was really beautiful. And Skogur Thosmok is was also really stunning. It almost felt like it was a cascade of waterfalls. There was one waterfall, and if you go a little higher, and there'd be another waterfall. It would look like there were waterfalls on top of another waterfall on top of another waterfall. It was <laughs> it was just beautiful. Yeah. How did you find uh, the weather? Was it really cold, or were you in there in summer or winter? Uh, no, I went during summer, so that was the other good part of having uh, uh, time on our hands, because uh, it would be about it would it'd be 10 p.m. by the time it would start to get a little dark, but it wouldn't get fully dark, so um, you had a little bit more time to reach to reach the hut. Um, so the weather was good. I think uh, on the days that we hiked, it was just one day when we had rain. Uh, but yeah, winter is a whole different story. I've heard stories about uh, how people had to cancel their plans because of a harsh, a harsh winter weather in Iceland. Um, yeah. We went in July during the summer season, so we definitely had that advantage of uh, walking a little bit more. Wow. And what about that? As you mentioned, hut. Did you have to book the hut or food? You had to carry Yeah, food. you definitely do have to book the book the huts, um, mountain lodges, as they would call it, uh, mm-hmm. in Europe. Um, you, there, there are different companies that operate uh, huts, um, and it's always best to uh, make sure that you book them beforehand. I, it is not always that you uh, that you might uh, turn up to the mountain lodge and find out that you have a bed available. So it is always best to book the huts in advance. I was lucky to to get these spots a day before I decided to do the hike. Wow. Uh, I just called them up. I got the numbers. I called them up and I booked the I booked the beds uh, a day before I started the hike. The other thing about uh, hiking in Iceland is you definitely need to plan really carefully because it's uh, some of the hikes uh, are not reachable by uh, by your four wheel drive or um, by a rent a car. You have to hire buses. These are mountain buses that can go over hills and lakes that will take you to the starting point of the hike. So I was uh, I was able to find out where the starting points are for these pickups, and I managed to get to the uh, starting points of these uh, of these hikes. Oh, nice! And um, I believe, like um, I, I hiked with you in Italy, and the refugio they actually cook food for you if you pay and stuff. Is it the same system in uh, Iceland too? Uh, some of them they they do have. Uh, they do have uh, functioning kitchens. Some of them, they don't. So there are different companies that operate the mountain lodges. Mm-hmm. So you just need to find out, all right, which are the huts that are, are that are serving you food, uh, which are the huts that aren't. I Because we, we booked one day before uh, we did the hike, uh, I, I, I booked the spots in, in lodges that weren't serving any food. So I, I had to carry food, but they had mattresses and stuff like that, bunk beds, uh, where you could just put out your sleeping bag and have some good sleep, yeah. Oh, lovely. 
Um, really looking forward to one day hopefully make it to Iceland. <laughs> It'll be exciting. Yeah, I hope to go back again with more time on my hands and I can experience it um, as a hiker and not rush it. I think one of the things that I did last time was it was it was a rushed experience. So next time I go, I would like to take it slow and explore different parts of the country. I heard it's very expensive. Do you think it, as compared to Sydney, it would be expensive to travel there? Um, it was pretty much uh, the same as uh, our trip to Dolomites. I wouldn't mm-hmm. say it was too expensive. Um, no, it's it's actually pretty cheap. I I didn't find uh, it to be too expensive. The cost that we, I had to pay for uh, living in Airbnb and uh, renting a car, it mm-hmm. wasn't uh, it it wasn't an exorbitant amount that I had to pay. Uh, for me, I felt the prices were nominal, and because I was uh, hiking most of those days that I was in Iceland, I the charges were also pretty nominal. So each day I had to pay close to about uh, 40 euros, which I think is the, almost the same price we were paying when we were doing the hike in Dolomites. Yep. So I, I, don't, I don't think it was too expensive. Oh, sweet. And uh, because I know you travel so much and you've been to so many places, does it affect you when you come back to Australia that you're always dreaming to get away from here? Or do you also find that hikes here and things here is still exciting in your home? Um, I wouldn't say it changes your perspective to to the locations uh, over here. Obviously, uh, you can't compare. It's hard to compare because um, the 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 terrains and uh, the views that you get to see in Australia is 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 not something that you would find in other places obviously other places offer a different sort of uh different sort of view over here you have uh you have the bushes you have uh you definitely do have mountainous views um it's each place each country offers a different different perspective so i wouldn't say it has changed my experience of hiking in australia i still get out even now and uh, try to do as many hikes as I can. Like uh, next weekend, I'm hoping to get on to a walk, the Sydney Bushwalking Club. To, I'm planning to go to a canyon. Hopefully, it wouldn't be the weather, the weather won't be too bad. Um, but no, it hasn't changed my experience at all. Nice. And uh, let's say if I, if you have to take five things in your gear, if you can only choose five things, what would be those things you would choose? On a hike. Uh, <laughs> oh, you mean on a on a multi-day hike? Uh, let's just start from a day hike. What would be five important things for you to take with you? Um, I would definitely say that would be water, um, snacks that would that'll include nuts or something like that, fruits, um, and sunscreen uh definitely i i had to protect my protect myself um and a good sturdy backpack yep that's good and i know that you like taking pictures and you also use um some equipment to take videos and stuff 
uh, how's that going? Yeah, I've I've I've, uh, I've been practicing a lot of drone photography, and I I like to capture different perspective of uh, the places that I'm hiking in. I've I've if it's a learning experience at the moment. I've I've been testing around with different drones and finding out what sort of equipment I need, how much, uh, what sort of drones are out there in the market, how much flight time I can get, uh, what sort of uh, uh, resolution and quality am I getting out of the cameras and the drones. Uh, there are definitely a lot of them out there, um, but, but I'm also practicing and understanding all right, what sort of weather I can fly in because I've, I've had accidents where I've lost drones because of really powerful winds. So it's it's been a learning experience but uh being able to uh, fly my drone out there and capture a beautiful picture that that it's definitely worth worth uh worth worth doing it do you do it uh, for personal use or also share on some website or somewhere where we can see uh, it's i i do have uh an instagram uh account where i publish my pictures uh, I mean, if people want to follow it, it's uh, Omar, O-M-A-R dot Sharif, S-H-A-R-I-E-F-1 uh, on, on Instagram. So I have most of my pictures published there, uh, but it's not, it's not really high quality stuff, but I'm slowly getting there. Yeah, that's the great start. And I feel like uh, drone equipment are very heavy. How do you trade off? Uh, with the equipment if you go on a multi-day hike, let's say? Ooh, good question, yeah. Um, it's it's definitely a lot of equipment to carry, but I've, I'm slowly learning about uh, uh, if there are drones which are f- more lighter and give me f- longer flight time so that I don't have to carry... Uh, I don't have to carry heavier drones that give me lesser flight time. The one that I have right now gives me close to about 20 minutes uh, twenty minutes in the air. Uh, that runs are pretty quick. Uh, the drone is close to about three years old. Uh, but there are better drones that have come out now that give you close to about 35 minutes and uh, fly longer distances. And so I think I might... I might uh, sell off my old drone and buy the new one that, so that I can, you know, ca- carry a lighter drone, lesser batteries, uh, so that I don't have to compromise on other things that I need to carry with me. I really appreciate people like you who carry a drone sometime and take pictures because I've seen some really beautiful, amazing photography of the places, high cams, and uh, you can absolutely stunning views which you can't see from the ground but if you have a drone or some way to capture that image it's pretty powerful it is yeah it uh, it's definitely gives you a different perspective when you take a drone close to about a kilometer high and then uh get a 360 degree view of uh, the whole location it definitely <laughs> you get really good images then Yep. And I would say because you travel so much and hike so many places, do you have any top five places you would like to hike in? Uh, I would I would definitely put New Zealand on top of my list. Uh, New Zealand is my favorite place to go to to hike. 
Um, the second favorite place that I have hiked in would be Iceland. Um, the third favorite place would be Canada. Um, Canada is absolutely stunning. I was blown away with the uh, with the lakes and the mountains uh, there, and I hope I can go back and spend some more time. Now that I know a little bit more about hiking and uh, how to manage myself on multi-day hikes, I would definitely like to go back and um, uh, spend more time uh, hiking the national parks there. Uh, yeah, so the, I would say those are the top three places where I would, uh, which are my all-time favorites. Maybe two more to add to the list. <laughs> oh yeah, the Dolomites was absolutely amazing in in uh, in Italy. The ones that the one that we did, it was absolutely mm -hmm. breathtaking. Um, and the next one uh, would be Indonesia. Indonesia is also a very really unique country to hike in. Uh, beautiful volcanoes and massive uh, massive waterfalls it's a whole different terrain in Indonesia to experience as well have you been to Indonesia yeah yeah that's that's where I've hiked uh, I, I did a couple of short hikes there and Bromo Mountain and Mount Sumeru uh, where I go to experience some beautiful volcanoes um, and waterfalls there um, so I, the, these are the locations that you would find if you go to Eastern Java. And, uh, so yeah, it was that was a beautiful experience. I, I didn't expect to find such locations there, but I was blown away. Wow. And um, just to uh, think about our audience, if you need to give an advice, uh, some advice to the new hikers or people who are starting out there, uh, would you be able to tell us something in that respect? Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I wasn't a big hiker when I started. I was, um, I guess I was just doing it to get fit. But uh, as I started hiking more, I realized there's so much beauty in this world to discover. And the only way you can discover it is to uh, spend time like my, with like-minded people who like to explore the world and discover places. And that's when, that's how I discovered Dolomites. That's how I discovered uh, these places in Iceland. If I, if I wouldn't have joined these hiking clubs, I would have had absolutely no idea how to plan these hikes and how to go to these places and experience all this beauty that is there in this world. So I guess I was lucky that way by getting into hiking. So if, if, uh, if you want to experience all these places, if you have an adventurous soul like I do and you do, um, uh, definitely get into it. Perfect. Thank you so much, Omar. It's You're been welcome. lovely talking with you. And um, I feel like I got to know a lot more about you and your hiking experience and your travel bits from this podcast as well now. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. And uh, hopefully I get to hike with you or uh, we can go out on some canyon soon sometime. Absolutely. Sounds good. And enjoy the hiking uh, in the canyon this weekend. Uh, thank you so much. I appreciate you being Thanks. on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Take care. Bye. Thank you. Bye.